each Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your host, Keith Barney Mike and Dick Leo, and way back in high school, Dad. My mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the series finale of The Practice. We promised we wouldn't cry. Okay, we'll try. We'll try. I made no promises. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which I, Keith Barney, discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series with my old buddy, Mike Indeglio. Today, we are discussing Season 8, Episode 22, entitled Adjourned, a.k.a. Cheers. It is the series finale of The Practice uh, let me first introduce, we have a special guest today. We said we would never have guests except, uh, unless they are part of the family and <laughs> perhaps we're, uh, prior owners and CEOs of the KM and M empire. How's it going, Jen? Welcome. Thank you. Thanks guys. Happy to be here. I, uh, I was, I wasn't going to be able to wait until next week. And I know Mike was probably not going to be able to keep any spoilers from me so that is here i I am i definitely didn't have to twist her arm all night (laughs) and all day to get her to appear but i just Just figured you know now we love all of our listener and all of the people who joined us on youtube for a brief spell until we decided it wasn't worth it but and to all of our patrons watching us live now we appreciate you we love you but there's only one. There's been one consistent, Keith. Aside from our mm. inconsistency, there's been one other consistency, and it's been yes. one human being. You know, there's an old saying. Let me let me let me go at it this way. There's an old saying that I, I heard long ago, and it said, "Find the person who listens to the 600 hours of podcasting you do in its entirety and marry that person." And that, that is is what I did. That is damn smart. That is absolutely <laughs> smart. And. You know, uh, at this point, uh, we have done at least half of that. We are well over uh, 340 hours of podcasting. So here. I figured since she's been with us every minute, every second of every minute, uh, and has access to my laptop, I figured we'd let, her, uh, <laughs> we'd let her join us today and watch in real time. I thought it'd be kind of a, a fun a fun guest. Jen's been a great supporter of the show from the beginning, <clears> putting <throat> up with my yeah. nonsense as we record all of this and I tell her to be quiet and I'm actively <laughs> rude about it generally. So, and she always brings, if when you see the I person bringing me lunch and bringing me bagels and I'm eating on camera, that's because Jen makes sure I'm fed. So Jen, welcome yeah. to the show. We're excited to have you. I'm. She's also been with us. Now we have an email. We're going to get to it. I don't know how we want to mm-hmm. run today, Keith, but 
Uh, Jen has been with us as the female voice that's grossed out by Alan Shore this season. So that's it's not true. just us. No, so no. No, that's true. You're you're going to have to uh, speak for your entire gender today. So uh, Okay, all right. Should be a, re- a refreshing change of pace from us speaking for your gender. So that will be... Uh, <laughs> but, so uh, b- before we get into filings and subpoenas, I would just like to... You know, as as we're here uh, finishing up the practice. Now, those of you listening to this, um, this is the series finale of the practice. It is not the series finale of the Out of Practice podcast. Uh, next week, we are going to have our season eight recap, spectacular uh, as we do every season, and then we will have a very special finale of Oops after. That so, uh, don't worry, there are still two more episodes of the show after this episode. Uh, but I was curious now that now that we're here at uh, episode 167 of the practice and one episode 178 of out of practice, uh, did you know we we dropped our first episode? It was just our teaser, we, we put the theme song up to wet the beaks of the two people who downloaded it on the internet, uh, that i.e. Mike and I. Uh, yep, we, yep. <laughs> we dropped it on February 2nd, 2019. Wow. So that's what we were doing this day in the basement in 2019 is we were, we were dropping our first episode. Uh, so, Mike, what do you remember about uh, recording our first episode of Oops? So I was using a Yeti Nano. No, a Yeti, a uh, giant, like, 700-pound Yeti mm-hmm. microphone. I was in my bedroom that there was just no chance on uh, trying to sound deaden, and I was on a MacBook Pro 13 from work, and so I had to load in all these VSTs, Keith, to, like, noise gate it and sound gate just to try to, like, get a r- random quiet sound in the background. The cat was meowing then. She's meowing now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, I remember just attempting like we had talked about it, and then when we first started talking over each other uh, and trying to watch an episode of television, but also like it, 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 doing a podcast is pretty easy. You set up a microphone, you talk at each other. Maybe people yeah. listen, maybe people don't. But trying to do a podcast as you're watching an episode of television and try to allow for the episode to speak for itself, but also be a participant is like a weird flow that I never planned for. And we also didn't know if it was going to be interesting to listen on headphones, but I wanted to point out that with the exception, I think of two or three episodes, including this one, Jen has listened to the entirety of the practice as a show. She never watched it in the past as an audio drama only. That's crazy. Well, I mean, and that's what we've asked it, people to do really, but. I mean, it definitely, that, that paragraph alone is, is what's going to get us sued. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how little people have listened that no one has even raised an eyebrow no truly truly uh no it's uh it's so jen having not listened having not actually watched much of the practice did you go on to like imdb to see what people looked like or did you just sort of like envision what all these characters were in your head i yeah i was definitely envisioning them and then but i would see your posts on Instagram and uh, see the pictures of, of everybody. But I would, you know, a lot of times it was like, 
especially for the guest stars. Where do I know that person from? With I know that voice. Yeah. You know, it was it was cool. It was kind of like you know listening to one of the one of the radio dramas of back in the day. You know. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. But the last episode definitely. I'm so glad Mike you sent it to me because I had to see the some of those scenes for real. Eleanor's Superman punch. <laughs> Dude, even watching that back, the sound effect that goes with it whoop, was like very cartoon. <laughs> it's so it, it like it's a full-on Warner Brothers cartoon. It's absolutely ridiculous. But uh, anyway, yeah. So that's uh all right. So we have we have lots to talk about this week, obviously, uh, and uh, lots to discuss. And, and we're not really going to. Uh, it's the last episode of the of the season and and of the series. We're not going to like do our think about the whole series yet until the finale yeah, no. finale. Uh, so today we're just going to focus on adjourned, a.k.a. cheers. Wait a second, Keith. I might have pulled Michael. up. Um, I think it's important. As you mentioned, February 12th, 2019. All right, let's just see what we, we dialed up here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you sound the same. Yeah, I know, it's still me. <laughs> a lifetime ago. That's very much still you. <laughs> How did this we introduce the show is what I'm interested about. Oh, yes. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's see how we did it. And welcome to the pilot episode of the Out of Practice Nailed podcast it. detailing the pilot of the practice. How you doing, Dex? I, I literally couldn't be more excited than doing this pilot episode with you, Keith. Well, so uh, I think we should start before we get into the episode, and Guys, we will, COVID. and don't start worry, we're going to say when we're going to yeah, start right. the everybody, episode in everybody the description start of the mask. show. Mm-hmm. Right now. So uh, just look on your phone right now, and you can skip through so, all the nonsense of us talking about ourselves. Yeah, but that's like that's sort of like the icing on the cake, right? <laughs> no, I, like, I, I would like to point <laughs> out, before we do an episode review of our episode, <laughs> that we screwed up. In our pilot episode. Is that the one we had to we, re-record already at the We top? re-recorded the pilot. So by the time, that was actually take two of the entire episode. Ugh. And it was it, it was a little different then because, uh, certainly for me, right? Because I, from a process standpoint, I note the episodes ahead of time. So I, I have to research all the guest stars and, and, uh, and who wrote it and the dates and blah, 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 blah. But for the first couple of episodes, I was noting my thoughts about the episode throughout the mm-hmm. episode and like, oh, remember to talk about this or like this would be a funny thing to say or whatever. And so I, I almost sort of scripted what I was going to talk about throughout it. And I gave up on that four episodes oh, in. And it's so much better. It, like you don't you don't need to like have things in the queue. But I, I think a lot of this journey has been learning how to do this. Yes. Absolutely. Let's see. And the only thing we never nailed. So I will say we've only had to re-record what? What would you say? A handful of times. I think twice. Maybe. Twice in its entirety. And I think we in punched entirety. in once or twice. But Yeah, we, we've had to record the beginning a couple of times. Yeah. First two seasons, we would go in and edit things out because Keith and I were really concerned that people were going to listen to this podcast. And once we realized <laughs> that no one was... No we worries stopped, there. We stopped taking stuff out. Uh, I'm sure we've said things that could have us canceled and or fired, but 
Luckily, I don't I don't see it being no ten years down the line when there's this big revival of the practice for some reason, we're in trouble. Yeah, let's, well, hear how we, they... let's hear how we ended that first episode. Okay. All right. This podcast has many, many personality <laughs> disorders and evidence. That's an ad for my other podcast. The one telling the story. <laughs> what is... are you doing? Yeah. Concept there. Personally for that person, that's a oh, hold on. I didn't know we put an ad at the end. I, I'm going to give it a five and a half. I'm yeah. going to go slightly under. I think it's a benefit yet. of the doubt no because tires. it is a pilot, right? So it's more of a proof, proof yeah. of concept than anything else. That's that's true. That's true. It, it is it is definitely the degree of difficulty on a pilot is higher. So I would say that, and because I would agree, it's right. At, I'd say five is is fair, but because of that factor, I will give it the the pilot bump. So that's why I'm saying six. You're in a six. Okay, fair enough. Not so uh, five and six. We have to, we've uh, returned. Combined here. average of 5.75. <laughs> Congratulations, pilot. I've got the spreadsheet right here. Right. I'm going to write that down. I guess we should know that. Probably. Tires. Yeah, somebody should keep track of that. I don't know if it's going to be me, but somebody should. Uh, so we discovered tires on the first right? episode. I it's going it to be sense. me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, guys, come back next week for episode two entitled part one. For, for some reason. Oh, why are they doing this? Come on. It's very confusing. If you're playing at home, uh, episode three is entitled Trial and Error. Oh, God. Okay. So there's no part two. Anyway, uh, there it is. So uh, hold on. I have a play out. Here we go. Do it. Here it comes. <laughs> so if people want to contact us, how do they reach us? You can we reach out to us at, at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, oh, concerns, complaints, money. Whatever you want to do, <laughs> someone will maybe check that email sometime. <laughs> somebody should. Yeah, and somebody should also set up the Instagram account that we uh, <laughs> that we put on. Oh, I forgot the password already. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and we promise next episode will not be 14 hours long. No. Promises we can't Promises. We lied oh, every time. It, I'll just get up and leave. I don't care if we're in the teaser. Oh, my God. We didn't know what to say. No. Man, that feels like a like the an babies. actual horn player you got. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just a really good fake... Porn. We didn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Keith, Phil, Phil. Come on. I feel the, ne- the need to do it now for them. We're just letting it play. Dead air. <laughs> no laser sounds? That was later. I don't think we had laser sounds yet. Dude, that's it. No All laser right. sounds. Wow. Okay, so we just wow. listened to Dead Air. That was that was a great <laughs> journey, Mike. Way to take us down. Way to way to go. All right. Well, oh, uh, wow, funny. that is that is fascinating. I can't. I mean, look, we it. it they say ten thousand hours, and you became an expert at something, and we're pretty damn close. Sure, but, experts uh, a, w- a way to say it. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. But you know what? I'm an expert at moving us forward into <laughs> our next segment. Okay, well, we have, uh, I I think I I queued this up last week, but we got an email from our good friend Matt, uh, who has has a a lot of interesting things to say. So I think we should get into it and discuss it. So uh, Matt says, it's interesting the contrasting views we have about 
Everything. First thing, I don't think Alan's behavior towards women on the practice is creepy or disgusting. I think you guys are too sensitive. Boston legal, though? Yes. Sometimes it is awful, and even I was surprised the producers and spaders were okay with it. Sometimes it's just too creepy, like my 80-year-old uncle who dyed his hair carbon black and hit on young women on the beach. Disgusting. But hey, about how women are portrayed. I've watched with my life, with my wife, Boston Legal, and season eight of the practice, and she never complained about the women versus women scenes. On the contrary, she says it's very realistic and common and cannot stand working in an all-woman office. I've witnessed her misery working with two firms where women harassed and attacked each other constantly. She works now in a new firm in a department where she is the only female and has no complaints. Uh, you know what, Jen? As representing your gender, fire up. What do you think? <laughs> what do you think about both sort of Alan's behavior this season and of the sort of dynamic of uh, among the women in the uh, on the show? Yeah, I mean, I guess you know everybody um, has a different view, and you know, but I think just the the words he uses are really inappropriate. I mean, what did he say last week? He called you know, said the one actress, you know, the one character was dressed like a prostitute or something. You know, it's like if Human Resources was hearing yeah. any of these things, you know, like. Um, so I, yeah, I just think the, the, the way he's, he talks to the women is just pretty gross. And, um, yeah. And, and it's, I mean, I've, I've never punched out another person at the <laughs> workplace before. So there's what, you, you weren't backstage at the, uh, at, <laughs> what were you at the Minskoff? Did, did you ever punch yeah, Rosie right? O'Donnell? That's my question. No, I did not. I did okay. not. She was lovely. Um, no, so it's, you know, I know, Hey, it's a, it's a show, it's a drama and stuff, but, um, yeah, I, I haven't loved how the, the women have been, have been written this season. Um, yeah. And, you know, how about getting some, some good cases here? You know, it's, it's, yeah. It yeah. Been, well, I mean, you know, great. actively failing the Bechtel test. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so he continues. Sally dresses like she is the office whore, and her superior correctly called her attention to it. It matters how you are perceived by others, and it doesn't help that Sally is a bad lawyer. But that's for Boston Legal, because we don't know how she is as a lawyer yet. Uh, salute to Ellen for living in this triangle with, uh, with her and Tara for two different series. What an achievement even greater than screwing Eugene the asshole. Whoa. Oh, shots, shots fired. fired. Sh yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let him continue and then we'll and then, <laughs> and then we'll get into it. Uh, why is it insulting that every woman is a is a play for Alan Shore? I don't get it. It is realistic. It would also be if a woman was doing the same thing. Uh, there are people like that, not applauding them, but they exist. There's a lot of women who are always attracted to bad boys, assholes, criminals, or whatever. And a lot of men, too, who are mean, self-centered, erratic, horny women. I have two-time divorced friend who's looking for his third bimbo. Sad, but it happens. Yeah, I mean, the the issue, I think, is, is not the fact that these characters exist or framing. that these characters behave this way. It's that... 
they're sort of glamorized and 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 it's it's made cool. They, you know, look, we we have a show. It's it's full of murderers and and like these people who do horrible things. It's it's never about whether you're depicting a person behaving awfully. It's just do you make it like oh it's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, so you, it, you brought it up well the other the other week, Keith, when you brought up the wire. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the shield. And you know we would come right. to see it. We, Jen and I are in the last kind of phase of Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad before it. Whereas you know we found I think a, a more interesting way to look at antiheroes by portraying their faults, glamorizing not particularly glamorizing the the, the negative road they go down. There was probably other ways to look at Alan, um, and I think you nailed it. I think you know a, a lot of what Matt says. I do agree with. I have to say I agree with you know kind of where. Some of the women, at least in the in the in the Denny Crane firm, kind of have set their own place right there. And as Jen mentioned, I, mean, I think there's a, there's an element of it just doesn't hold up pretty much to today's scrutiny. It feels a little grosser, I think, in the context of where we are, kind of how we moved forward. It's not that Alan isn't a realistic character in some ways; he is. I mean, there are oh, oh for plenty, sure plenty of people like that. It's just that. He hasn't seen any consequences. The closest we came was when he had his his friend sort of lied to him and took advantage of him. But outside of that, not really. I mean, ooh, you like Tara and this other girl likes you. Like, that triangle isn't particularly interesting because he's not, he is at risk to lose nothing. But I do want to say, yeah, Quickly, you know, we tease a lot, but we do appreciate Matt your 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 alternate viewpoint. And he actually sent another email that I think is. Hold a great on, he's cap- not done on oh, this oh, one. Oh, okay, yeah, let's finish oh, this one first. He's not done on this one. Uh, so he says, sometimes I think you guys are so white liberal Americans and overcomplicate everything because that's what you do. You always cite some white man this, white man that, but I, the contrary of a wasp, a mix a mixed Latin American Catholic. Doesn't ever think like that. It doesn't matter. The guys will do whatever he wants, not because he's a white man, but because it's what he wants. And to which I will say, of course, like he's the the issue was not the fact that he's a white man. The reason he gets away with it is because he's a white man. And it's like that people are going to do what they want. Just the consequences are different. And I think, you know, and and I get it. I mean, certainly. You could you could make a pretty fair uh, argument that we're a little oversensitive, a little overzealous, a little um, a little extra touchy on all of these things. But I, you know, and I get it, and like have a sense of humor, or whatever. Like we're people, like it's it's not everything is like a is a code for something else, and I I do understand that. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I think um, I disagree that that's not the truth. I th- I think we are we are very sensitive to this because we are learning more and more that the way it's always been has been screwed up. And so like if if we're being extra careful, I don't think that's a bad thing because we have a you know the the environment that we have been living in and talking about and exploiting uh has been so out of balance for so long. Like we we still have a lot to learn, and we're 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 in the we're in the bend of history, and I'd mm-hmm. rather be a little too far ahead than be behind. So the last thing that Matt said here, which uh, I found delightful, and it really got me thinking, 
He said, uh, did I ever tell you guys that I thought in the beginning of my listening you were a couple? Uh, to which I, I thought, I mean, naturally, of course. Uh, we certainly bicker like an old married couple. But I can't imagine how quickly we would kill each other. Oh, fast. Uh, I brought it up before, and I'll, so I'll be really brief about it. But it's, it's fun to note that in our final This Day in the Basement, not but like, you know, six months from wherever this time period is, uh, I break up with my girlfriend, <laughs> there's shenanigans take place, and I have to move in with Keith. That's and right. So I'm, I have to move in with Keith, and then not but a, a few weeks after I move in with Keith. Uh, we played a couple. We play a couple. We, somebody dropped out of a show that you were in, and I got called in, and we had to make out. It was like a whole. So you could make the case that we were actually a couple for a brief period of time. For well, you know, we, we we're not a couple, but we play one on stage, not on TV, <laughs> but but on stage we certainly did. So I, I, I get it. I totally get it. But I think that'd be a nightmare. I mean, you know, and I I I, I like you very much, but I think that would be very sad for both oh, of yeah, us. Oh yeah, terrible. So. Uh, <laughs> He sent a, sec a second email, and I'll just be very quick about this. He said, the last one, uh, but hey, I'm commuting, and I stopped at a red light, and when Bobby showed up and the screaming started, the guy parked to my right looked at me like, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> <laughs> I think that is probably a pretty fair response to anybody overhearing this podcast. Uh, luckily, he says, I was alone by the big dick part, though. So... <laughs> Oh, what? well, thank you so much for all of your thoughts. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, keep sending in, keep sending in the stuff. Uh, uh, maybe we'll do one last mailbag in the final episode or so. Um, and then who knows? I know Mike is campaigning to periodically uh, keep up with the mailbag later after the series, but we'll see. But uh, you know what is going to make us more likely to uh, get back on the mic and respond to if you are a member of our Patreon and are supporting the show at patreon.com slash K&M, spell out that and. Uh, Mike, what would they find there on patreon.com Keith, we do a bunch of other stuff. We do a show called Keith and Mike Watch Deep Space Nine, so our patrons get to watch me watch the show in real time. They get this video feed of the VOD of this last episode of The Practice, but I'm going to put it up for free on the Patreon. So you don't even have to pay. You can just go to patreon.com slash KNM and watch this last one. Pro bono, because, uh, eh, why not? <clears throat> uh, <laughs> but most importantly, you become a producer on the show and it helps offset the insane amount of time you put into this stuff. We also uh, are going to watch some other good stuff and put it on there uh, as, a, as a benefit for uh, paying for our flapping gums. <laughs> and the people who are currently paying for those flappy gums are CloudLover69, CloudLover69, Jorge Navoa, Alan Zimmerman, Brian Kaufman, Casey Clark, The Mysterious Anne, CRM Productions, and Charles Babbage. If you would like to contact us the old-fashioned way, you can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. We're on the social medias at outofpracticepodcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and uh, you can also subscribe to us on the YouTubes. Give us a like, give us a subscribe. Um, lots of fun stuff. So without any further ado, I think it's time to hop back into the time machine and talk about the fateful night. The fateful night that the series finale of The Practice 
aired. I remember it well because it was May 16th, the year 2004, uh, asking the question, hey, what was up? This day in the basement. All right, we have three basements today. Mikey, why don't we start with you? Yes, so as I mentioned last week, we were in final preparations at work for uh, getting the, uh, getting the, I don't know, I guess we were starting. We were starting the, the, pre- the, the, process of vetting musicals and i've told the story before that i got to send out a bunch of rejection letters with my name my name stamped at the bottom to people who instantly were like who's this effing guy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so i was doing that i was uh enjoying that early uh, the turn from spring to summer uh in park slope brooklyn still one of my favorite parks and uh i guess uh what i remember most is not knowing how wonderful and young and uh, amazing being that what, 24 years old was? 24, yeah. Uh, or 23, turning 24. So <clears throat> that, I remember just youth. And I remember, actually, it's funny. I went for a run yesterday, and I was, like, huffing and puffing, and it was hot and stuff. And I remember uh, I would I was doing one loop around the inner loop of Prospect Park, which I was less than a mile. I think it was, like, three-quarters of a mile and how it would just, like, destroy me physically because <clears throat> I was really out of shape at this point. And uh, that's what I remember. I just remember I remember sunsets over over uh, Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And actually, this I'm going to just go forward a little bit. This first summer was my first summer attending the uh, Prospect Park band shell. They do a, every summer they put up a band shell in Prospect Park, and they do concerts all summer. And I went to almost every one this summer. And just like here were a couple of the ones that were there that year. It was uh, Rosanna Cash, country singer, uh, Johnny Cash's daughter. I remember seeing her. There was an, uh, a, a Leonard Cohen's uh, concert. There were the Brooklyn Philharmonic with Lillis White. Uh, oh. Uh, who we all Broadway's probably, probably White, start. Yes. Jen actually did a show with. And uh, what was the other one I remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, with Guys and Dolls. They did the Guys and Dolls movie with the uh, the uh, Brooklyn Philharmonic played the uh, the backing track to Guys and Dolls as as the movie played. So those are three. Oh, cool. So that's, uh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so Jen, what were you what were you doing on May 16th, 2004? May 16th, 2004. Um, I'm always amazed you guys. You guys have such good memories that or you fake it you know (laughs) i don't have the emails um no so i think this was around the time i was preparing to go to europe for uh grease dust musical it was definitely that summer and i must have been i must have been either rehearsing or on my way there (laughs) did you do it auf deutsch i did i did well it started out in English, all in English, the dialogue and the songs. And then we were playing, you know, some bigger cities in Germany and Switzerland. And then when we were going to Austria, we played, we had a sit down in a small town called Klagenfurt, really beautiful, like beach town. And um, they were not really getting it. They were, they, the laughs weren't coming. And so they decided, the producers decided to have us learn the dialogue in German. So oh my God. In the middle the of the tour. run. 
yes. they switched you they switched your language in the middle of the run that's crazy yeah so and it was it was just the dialogue because they know all this you know they knew all the songs so sure sure it was hilarious it was gesichnet. that's amazing <laughs> so yeah wow you know, Jen, your specialty, apparently, you've, you've had an accidental career specialty right. of performing classic true. musicals in different languages. Who knew? Because uh, we've talked about it on the on the show before, but of course, this is Golda from the, uh, from the Yiddish production of Fiddler, the famous Yiddish production of Fiddler uh, here in New York. So I, I guess here's, here's a question. Like, how, how is it... Performing in an, in an, in a language that you're that's that's not your own. Are you because I from the opera world? I was frequently singing in other languages, and I found it really hard to translate the lyrics in my head while I was singing, and mm-hmm. and being able to sort of act it correctly in a specific way with the lyrics, as opposed to like. I, I have a general sense of my intention and then I'm just sort of like making phonetic, uh, 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 phonetic mouth noises. How was how yeah. that for you? Um, for me, I, I kind of approached it like Shakespeare and, you know, cause mm. nobody speaks like that anymore. So it's, it's, you know, but it's a, it's a deeper, um, you know, everything has deeper meaning. Um, so so yeah, I felt I I really loved it because I mean for for a Greece house musical, you know, it's it is what it is. There's not I much mean, deep so many layers going on so there. many layers. Yeah. But yeah, for Fiddler it was um it it helped bring out more of the authenticity of it because you know that's the language they would have been speaking then in, in that area um of Russia and yeah, it was it was cool. Ukraine. It was yeah, yeah, it was definitely definitely a challenge but um but yeah it was it was beautiful that's that's interesting no now were you playing sandy in gristas musical i was playing sandy dumbrowski <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you remember any of your lines in german okay i remember one line only one line and it's so random and it's oh my gosh maybe let me see if i do remember it Ich sollte erst auf einer Klosterschule, aber es gab Krach wegen meiner Paletten schwarzen Lackschuhe. <laughs> That's amazing. Your what German's that? pretty what, good. What part of the show is that? It's the pre-Summer Lovin' scene where she's telling the girls how she got kicked out of kicked out of school for because the mother superior didn't like her patent leather shoes. Schwarzen Lackschuhe. I don't know. That's... <laughs> Amazing. Uh, that's oh, so that's weird awesome. Wow. Yeah, well, so weird. Uh, you know, uh, perhaps it, if we can find a clip from that, we'll put it on our Instagram feed. Oh, that my God. Be... There's a VHS somewhere. Oh, my God. We got to get our hands on that VHS. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, yeah. Well, that's certainly more interesting than my This Day in the Basement. Um, but it was it was important for, for me and, uh, you know, us techie nerds being uh, doing what we do here this is when i finally was able to afford my new sony vio desktop uh which uh i loved and i have to say like you know every new computer you buy it's it, it you look back on it 
by today's standards, it's a piece of junk. Like your your cell phone could, you know, buy and sell it. But there's certain computers that like felt right. And I I feel like this that that Sony Vio, I, I'm I'm sad that they don't make desktops anymore because it was I really liked it. I thought it was a, an, an excellent machine. I wrote a lot of good stuff on it because as a writer, I have so much attachment to the things that I write on. Um, and even if it's a if it's a computer, like I can think, oh, I wrote, uh, I probably wrote I got fired on that, and and uh, and probably I wrote Elway on it, probably what wrote Joshua on it. Um, you know, it's not quite the same thing as like the piano. When when I when I had to throw out my old piano, like I literally cried because of not the instrument itself, but because of what it meant to me and all the blood, sweat, and tears, like literal blood, sweat, and tears that were on that piano because. <laughs> all of those end up on a piano at some point. Um, but that, but anyway, so I, I really like that. Sony Vio, uh, send me a send me a desktop because you did you did good stuff. Um, but more importantly than that, I think I can uh, I can fairly say, what was I really doing in the basement? I was watching the series finale of the practice. Yeah, and uh, I was definitely uh, you know there in there in Brooklyn. On my my old, uh, I was probably watching it on a, a Sony uh, TV, but it was actually a uh, a professional monitor, not a computer monitor, but like a studio monitor that was a leftover from uh, my uncle's studio when he was using it for uh, when he was editing Star Trek. So it weighed like seven thousand pounds, a big box like tube TV. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was watching. The series finale of The Practice, which uh, feels like a good opportunity to... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcast's This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Okay, this is May 16th, the year 2004. This is... Oh, God. I'm I'm starting to feel a little sad, guys. Because this is our very last report from the Burlington Free Press from uh, this summer. Uh, talked about civil unions come up short during crises, which I think is a, uh, a, a very important thing to keep in mind. Uh, civil unions were great, but marriage is marriage is, is very different when it comes to your legal rights and responsibilities and crisis and uh, with medical decisions, that kind of stuff. And why uh, legal protections for your rights are kind of important, kids. So, uh, you know, you know what I mean. The top movie was Troy, which took in $46 million. Brad Pitt and all of his pittiness. And our top song, Michael. But, but what were we listening to this week? Can you not hear it? I can't hear it at all. Oh, well, it's playing. So, uh, <laughs> I'm rest sure it's short. Great. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's playing, yes, and recording. I don't know why you can't hear it. But anyway, it is Usher. And guess what, folks? This is Usher. We're just Whoa. listening straight up to Usher Live uh, featuring DJ Johan Rios. Uh, so thank you, Johan Rios. Uh, you know, this was 2005. Usher's awesome. Usher. There it is. There it is. Okay. Yeah. We went to the original source for the finale. And, uh, you know, once again, it is now the finale of everybody's favorite segment. It's time, it's, time, time. it's time for sports. sports. 
the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers continued their playoff run in the conference finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The terrific series ended in a game seven with a two to one loss to Tampa. The Flyers' aging core was not enough to overcome eventual cup champion Tampa Bay. The Lightning won a classic cup finals against the Calgary Flames, hoisting the cup in game seven. Which means, folks, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Okay. The Practice Season 8, Episode 22, entitled Adjourned, a.k.a. Cheers, was written, of course, by David E. Kelly and directed by Genosoir, one of the most prolific directors of The Practice, uh, which leaves us with only one thing to do before we watch the episode. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Keith, I'd like to believe that there's a universe in which we see Lisa Gay Hamilton, Kelly Williams, mm. Marla Sokoloff, uh, all the Lara whole gang. Lara Flynn Boyle. Lara Flynn Boyle. Everybody having, like, one last drink the at the pub. The ghost of Jason Kravitz. Yeah, and I, and the only way I can see can conceive of that is we all meet up at the bar to celebrate Eugene's new judgeship, and Ooh. feel like it would be a, it doesn't even have to be a long scene. Maybe just the final scene as we go to credits, like a panning shot with all the guys, everybody just cheersing. We don't even have to hear them; they don't even have to have a line. Just have behind the glass, like at the bar. Um, I Force wonder, ghost style. Yeah, because I wonder if the cheers reference in the title because David e. Kelly fancies himself very clever often, uh, is is a nod to the Dan, uh, Ted Danson scene that closes the series, the series finales of Cheers, where he's just wiping down the bar by himself and we we go to credit, which I just, chef's kiss. Um, okay. So good. So I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I'm going to hold out hope until the last minute. I'm not even going to, when we, when we flip to the episode, I'm not even going to watch the opening crawl of special guests yeah. because I don't want to ruin it. I'm going to try oh, to yeah, avoid don't, that. No, you should you should really get in the habit of not doing that. Yeah. Uh, which, good good news is I rarely pay attention. <laughs> at I'm, I've, there's so many buttons to fiddle with around here that I, I my OCD That's abundantly clear, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I fear is that we're going to spend the majority of our time uh, one with one last sort of uh, Denny Crane, Alan Shore pitch. I think we're going to spend too much time on this relationship thing with Tara. I think we're going to ignore the Eleanor punch entirely. Uh, maybe just like offhandedly mention it, like, uh, and then not no face any consequences. I fear that that punch might have been the end of Eleanor's story arc. I don't know that, <laughs> I fear that we're not going to really get a send off for her. We've never even mentioned her child in the past two seasons, I think. Um, so that's my fear is that we're not going to get, my fear is that last episode, the hug with Eugene and and Bobby was the, the end of the series for me. I feel like that mm. was my my button. 
Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I think we're going to learn more about Alan Shore this week. I think we're going to have an Alan-centric case, which is a bit of a bummer for me, but I think that's my, my big guess. Jen, do you have any, what do you think? Where do you think things are going? Well, I'm excited about the the hope of a cheers reunion with everybody, a send-off for Eugene. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, I think it's probably going to be Alan and Tara maybe get together finally and... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, just maybe there won't even be a case. I don't know. Hopefully there'll be, we'll end with a good case, but, and I, I agree. Flash, I do feel like more. Eleanor, they're probably never going to mention the, the punch again. <laughs> Rebecca De Mornay is going to be back. Like no, no, no scars or bruises or anything. She's going to be back. I mean, I, frankly, based on the force of the punch, she should have been decapitated. <laughs> Well, she was backboarded oh. out. Let's not forget that. That's true. Yeah. All right, Mike, I think it's time for you to tee it up one last time. Folks, the series finale of The Practice, season eight, episode 22, something and cheers. It's <laughs> <laughs> the attention to detail that has made us the hit we are. I'm going to try a case Okay. Like Judge Noonan goes to Nantucket next week for the summer. DeMornay is wearing a ridiculous full-body back brace. Denny, problem. Hannah's neck hurts, and she's refusing a trial assignment. Tell her to go. Denny. Walter. Have you got a second? It's uh, rather urgent. Uh, Go into my office. Tell Hannah where to go. Let's do it now. Guy's name is Walter. We're getting so good at this. Yeah, I don't. Do I, should I know him? Well, folks, uh, we don't know Walter Shepley, the character he's playing, but we sure do know Garrett M. Brown because he was Doug Forsyth in two episodes, including the worst episode of the practice of all time. Let's say it all together: Sex, Lies, and Monkeys. <laughs> So good. You know that my company has been very progressive when it comes to hiring people with disabilities. I've received many, many awards. I don't even like the word disability. I prefer special ability. You know, like Special Olympics. Oof. I'm getting off track. What I'm saying, <laughs> I have many wheelchair-bound employees who I also consider to be extremely special people. Oh, Walter. Don't tell me you make them race. No, damn it. No. Well, all this talk about Olympics is Will you please be quiet and let me finish? As you know, I think people in wheelchairs are not only intelligent. I'm a beacon when it comes to believing that they're also attractive. Physically attractive. Sexually attractive. Jesus Christ. This is how we're gonna finish the practice. This! Denny, I've been arrested for kissing some of my wheelchair women and two others on crutches. I... 
I was assured it would go Shatner's away, face is all of our faces right now. The trial is set to go today. I want you to take over. You come to me the day of trial? I thought it would go away. And I was too embarrassed to tell you. I need your help. Danny, I have a reputation. Well, if you didn't, you certainly have one now. Zing. Please. I like Danny's office. I want it. You kiss him. I can't help it. Walter, I can't represent a pervert. Danny Crane does not have sicko friends. You're practically my best friend. Danny. He's an old You're friend. An Go figure. Girl. Always. Okay, so here we are at the opening credits to the final episode of The Practice. And uh, uh, how many of the our cast members from The Practice have we seen so far? Yeah, I was going to say the same. We've seen nobody, and uh, it's uh, a little sad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, so uh, the final episode of The Practice begins with, it's not The Practice. It's an, they, they cut in the first scene of Boston Legal. Well, you know. What are we what are we to expect, Keith? Yeah. Yeah. This is the problem with oh, having feelings. People still expect nobody. you to talk about them. No, it's awful. Alan, I've told you like sicko perverse sexual deviants. Denny, it's not that I like them so much as I am one. Zane? A dear friend of mine is sexually attracted to invalids. He needs our help, son. And you can't help him because he disgusts me. Ah. <laughs> He's been arrested for assault, and his trial, unfortunately, starts today. So Today? Yeah. I'll open first chair. I need you to back me up. Ooh, power suit. Like Bell going full Travolta. Hello. Tara. What a nice surprise. Hmm. Sally. I mean, the neck brace is ridiculous. Thought I'd go grown up, see Though, if I like it. apropos to I'd punch. Hope. Totally. Just sew her head back on. What a hard pan for that elevator sound. Listen, I feel funny asking you this, but the ibuprofen isn't getting the job done for me. Would you have any pot? Ha-ha. Uh -huh. I'm being serious. You certainly know I'm incapable of humor. You want to smoke pot? I am in pain. We are whispering. This is really edgy God for 2004. Sakes, think of the leverage you'd have on me. Marijuana. My friend, Gilly Kacheri, he's a doctor, a psychiatrist. And here we are at the firm of Meatball. And Meatball? Who? <laughs> Fat Angelina. He says she has post-traumatic botched disorder. Point is, he'll say whatever we want him to, and for the truth, he'll give a discount. Jimmy. Jamie. Jamie hey. needs a job. So this is it, huh? Yeah. Jamie Stringer, Susie Papone. The pleasure. Adriana DeMeo. Uh -huh. Welcome so, to Meatball Marinara and Pajol. Well, attorneys and law. I've been putting my resume out there, and uh, believe it or not, not going well. So I'm, here we are. I don't know what your situation is, but um, Jamie. I, couldn't pay you. I know that. Makes it more exciting. 
feel like a pioneer, I guess. Can I talk to you a second? You like Parmesan? We got free Parmesan. It's on every table, yeah, yeah. every Why desk. Not? Look at her. She is not a real person. Susie, if we got a graduate from Harvard Law School for free, can you imagine? And she's an excellent lawyer. We got a meeting with the bridal shop owner at three. I think I can make this go away. Lenny, this is Jamie Stringer. She works at my old firm. She's interested in coming here. Why? Well, she likes the kind of Fair work question. You. You're banging her? Lenny. How come you hire her, but you won't hire me? She's a lawyer. I You're... got legal schooling, Jimmy. That doesn't I mean... I could be an asset. He banging you. Hey. I don't bang. We don't talk like that here. You understand? You got too many rules. I don't bang. So, I, so at this point, I'm really starting to wonder in... And behind the scenes, and I've I've never been able to like discover whether this whether or not this was the case. Are they are, are they pitching? Are they banging? Uh, are they pitching a a meatball and meatball spinoff? I think they're floating it because they they definitely have the names and the faces and the kind of like uh, they're building he, out in a full cast. For I mean, this. maybe he's like yeah. putting it out either. The network was like, let's see what you got. Or he's like, you know, it's a behind, it's a, a slow attempt, you know what I mean, on his part. It's like, because it does feel a little bit like a soft pilot for. Well, yeah. And plus they, you know, they already have the other show. So I guess he's maybe, he's maybe doing an end around to see if he can keep something going firm wise. Because I guess clearly they're, they're shutting down our firm. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. it I think that would be. Uh, it, you know, I'd, I'd probably watch Meatball and Meatball, right? Because yeah. if they could get the tone right. The tone is, it, well, it's it's sort of like, it's sort of finding itself a little bit. Jamie would bring a little bit of grounding. I could see it. It doesn't Here happen, Here we are in so. the courtroom. I'm just concerned this will damage my legacy. Not to worry. Many CEOs love to fondle their wheelchair employees. Danny. Suck it up, Walter. All rise. This court is in session. Is it the Eugene? Eugene Young presiding. Well, that was Eugene the oh. judge. Wait, wait. <laughs> Kids, it's Eugene Young as a judge in his first case. Hell yeah! Woo! And of course, who's in, who's in front of him? Alan Shore. So, Keith, obviously, right away, we Eugene says, conflict of interest, you've got to go. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My buddy. Chambers. Yep. You can also see Kate Burton How did back. you get me assigned to this? I want to know. I didn't, I swear. So it's just a coincidence. My first case, my very first case, I get you? 5,000 lawyers in this town, and I get you. You say coincidence, I say act of God. Come on, give me a hug, you big bear, you. Everybody out but him. Ex parte, a terrific start. I will jail you for contempt. That will be my very first official act. He's making for a fabulous judge so far, don't you think? I'm sorry, is there some relationship here? <laughs> There's always a relationship, me, I friend. I'll happily waive the conflict if that's where you're headed. Miss Alexander, I apologize, but I must recuse myself. I am totally fine with you presiding. He has a little trouble being fair when I'm around. Denny Crane. 
<laughs> was well timed. Yeah. You will get another judge. That's all. <laughs> what if that was the last time we saw Eugene? That's right. And series wrap on That's Eugene. Bold. I mean, that is a hundred percent the right thing to do, but also like. Right, I really want to see Eugene's first case. Yeah. Yes. That's a third spinoff. It's not just that he sexually assaulted these women. Is that he chose the restraint showed there women. by David E. Women Kelly by everyone is just is startling. That is beyond depraved. To re-victimize victims is one of the grossest. Oh, but what if he was replaced with Kittleson and we could see her like one more time? Oh, that would be great. And I am confident that once we're I feel a lot of what ifs coming. You will deal with this man according to your sense of justice. Certainly not his. This would be where you'd get up. Introduce me. I beg your pardon. I'd like to be introduced. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Denny Crane. <laughs> what is Warren West? <laughs> Judge Warren West is back. Frank Burney. The district attorney has made my client seem like a horrible, disgusting, vile person. When I get done, when I've had my say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, when you have finished listening to what I have to say to you right now, this very minute, <laughs> he will seem far less disgusting, far less horrible, it won't seem vile at all. Dandy Crane. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Good reaction shots from everybody. Quitting? Not quitting. Yay! Yay, Bobby's here! With Eugene becoming a judge, it's made me think about what I want to do with my life. I'd like to know too, Eleanor. Which is? Time with my daughter. There we go. So hey. I'm thinking about taking a hiatus from practicing law. That's great. I think so. But with Jimmy and Eugene gone, if I leave the firm, your firm, then it's over. It's not my firm. I, I... Bobby. What's Jamie going to do? She's volunteering at Jimmy's. She may even end up working there. If we get picked so up. you're okay if I take some time <laughs> off? Eleanor, why are you asking me to approve of what you do with your life? Come on, Bobby. You founded that place. You took a chance. Yeah, and I got me. fired last season, I so couldn't I couldn't give on. two shits. And if you want time to be with Zoe, I'm all for it. I promise you. I don't believe you. It's a good sorry, scene, but, but it's, it's sort of a re-rack of the same scene with Eugene from the last episode. Yeah. If this firm ends. Everything has to end sometime, Eleanor. I'm fine with it. Metaphor? Fourth wall, take that. She got that. fatter. I did not get fatter. You did, Angelina. I did not. Hold on here. We're not going to get into issues of Gertie. It ain't about that. If anything, I got thinner. <laughs> Angelina, I need you to shut your face now. We had a contract. 
You agreed to provide services whereby you would make this bride-to-be address. You didn't make that address any that's a breach. It was a seamstress strike. What, am I talking to myself here? That does not absolve you of your legal duty to perform under the contract. Well, maybe I should get my own lawyer then. Well, you could do that, but that's going to cost you more money. The contract says what it says, Eddie. A lawyer's going to charge you 10 grand to tell you what I'm already telling you. 10 grand that could and should be going to Angelina. 40 grand and you're out of this. What's not to think about? Well, I need to think about it. This guy's Lenny Venito. 24 hours, no more. <laughs> Sometimes it was subtle. He'd squeeze my shoulder, my arms. Other times, it was more blatant. Out in the open, in front of people? Well, he would lean over from behind to show me a doc. Guys, we gotta do, we gotta close the season. Oh, so but oh, we, wow, wow! I was, I was, I was going to introduce a bit, Keith, before we did that. Uh, oh, you know, because uh, we were just talking about how you know we don't talk over each other now. <laughs> 180 yeah. episodes in, we're getting so good at this. I uh, listen, guys. You know, it's the last show. I think we should do. We should, yeah. we should show a little deference to where it all started. So I was thinking, for sure, yeah. You yeah. know, I pulled this out of my old bag. What mm -hmm. do you think about a case about a guy who pervs on wheelchair people? For like uh, episode three of the season? No, no. Last season finale, series finale, a case. So, okay. Uh, but it's going to involve all of our heroes from the practice, right? Nope, none of them. And we're going to make it kind of a joke. Okay. You want to do a jokey case about a guy who creeps on wheelchairs uh, with none of our people in it? That's right. Danny Crane, though. He's going to say Danny Crane a lot. Uh, 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 okay, great. So, so you 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 checked out about halfway through the season. You're already you, you're you're halfway through season one of Boston Legal, yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Marijuana. Keith, who's oh, this by, wonderful by actress who I recognize? Yes, indeed. Who's that lady that Mike notices? <laughs> Speaking of Breaking Bad, Keith. Indeed, we we are. I mean, oh. almost have a complete set of the Breaking Bad cast. Uh, we've seen a lot of people from that cast on this show, including now Betsy Brandt from, of course, Breaking Bad, Magic Mike, No Ordinary Family, Masters of Sex, and Life in Pieces. Or something. I don't think that it was obvious to other people. And how did it make you feel? Violated. Angry. Did you complain about it? Yes, and then a week or so later, he just kissed me, put his tongue in my mouth, and that's when I went to the police. Nasty. Thank you, Miss Hobbs. I am begging you not to employ this tactic. Son, cross-examination is what eats my swimming pool. Understood, but this particular line of attack... Counsel? Yes, Your Honor. Just a few questions, Miss Hobbs? What? Oh, my Where did you get that thing? Fucking. I had it put there during God. the last recess, Your Honor. Get out of that chair now, Mr. Crane. <sighs> Ms. Hobbs and members of the jury, <laughs> I, I just sat here and watched both of your faces as opposed to Mr. what Crane. happened. I was like, here it comes. So, so, so for those of you just listening, Denny uh, came from behind the desk in an electric wheelchair. Once everyone was absolutely appalled and he was ordered out of the chair, he did like a 
dismount pirouette as if he, he sure would, did. He really thought he was going to get like a round of applause. I, I, he, he definitely did hold for applause at the yeah, end of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I am absolutely astounded. Yikes. You will conduct yourself with the integrity that goes with the decorum of this room. I apologize, Your Honor. The reason I got in that chair. Last night, I tried to put myself in your place, and I realized that's impossible. We can't get a clue what it's like to live life in a wheelchair without actually being in one. And you think after spending an hour in one, you know? No, I said I was searching for a clue. Truth is, I simply can't imagine. So much of my personal esteem goes into vanity. I don't like to admit that. I like to think of myself as an attractive, strong man. Ms. Hobbs, I noticed in the last place you worked, you uh, filed a claim for sexual harassment against uh, a couple of men who were harassing not you, but other women. Am I correct in that? The fact that I wasn't specifically targeted doesn't mean that I wasn't victimized. Understood. But did it hurt that you weren't a specific target? I'm no therapist. But did it hurt that these men were declaring their attraction to all these women but you? My mother used to tell me, and feel free to disagree, the, the woman was Maddie. She told me that if there was anything worse for a woman than being regarded as a sexual object, it's not being regarded as one. Any truth to that? Perhaps a little. Now, I've heard that line a lot in various TVs and movies and that kind of stuff. But, like, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, Jen, as you're speaking for your entire gender, uh, like, that feels like something written by a man who doesn't, like, live in the world. Is is that true or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Wait, okay. the anecdote is true or Keith's summation is true? Oh, that it feels like it was written by um, a man. In yeah. spite of himself, he's actually quite good. I mean, sometimes I am mystified, but... By the end, is it me or the whispering a lot this doing? episode? Is it just that women about. wanted to be groped because they were in wheelchairs? He mined a very universal and human truth. We all want to be desired. I'm not saying he won the day, but the man seems to know what he's doing. Well, speaking of the day, it's over. Would you like to get some dinner? Uh, no, thank you. No. I've got more to do here. All right, then. Smooth. I'll see you tomorrow. Tara. I know, um... the normal course of behavior when a person declares feelings a conversation would typically ensue shedding. I get it, Alan. May I just offer one thing? Okay. I agree that you and I wouldn't be a good idea and that we could never work. The reason why I brought up dinner, just the same, I have urges. 
Alan. I guess what I'm trying to say, Alan, is... I'm hungry. I need food. I... I just don't care. Am I weird? I just... Who cares? Well, not now. Um, Boston Legal, sure, dude. Give me whatever you want, but I want to... Did you I give wanna... Hannah Rose illegal marijuana? Yeah. She promised she wouldn't glamorize oh. it. Illegal marijuana. I gotta tell you, Sally, for someone who claims to want to succeed here, you seem to be doing everything you can to All of this screen time. Look, she asked me for the stuff. That's an unacceptable response, especially from an attorney. For the next week, you will not practice. You will file. Did she, she turned her in? Clothes. You're going to storage. She ratted on her? Be grateful it is in jail. I think they caught De Mornay with the pot and she said, I don't know, who cares? What, what a waste at? of time. Oh, yeah, it's we have beautiful. 42 minutes for your series finale and we're doing that, come on. She goes this afternoon, it's taken care of. Well, how do we get film before they've ever taken pictures? What is this, 20 questions? You wanna like go to a movie or something? Aren't you married? <laughs> yeah, we won't tell. Lenny. Eddie Broomstick's here. Eddie, right this way. Eddie Broomstick. Up They're Eddie like, Broomstick. how many more cliches What's can we jam into this? I did call a lawyer of my own, and he said that as long as they refunded the money, that they don't should... cover the pain and suffering. I'll take care yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 I called the firm of Fettuccine and Mutz. There's no dress known to man that's going to make that bus look good. She's a cow. Uh, all right, let's go into the conference room. No, I think I'm going to take this meeting alone. You can cover a sow with satin. You don't get no silk purse. It's time to settle. Jimmy, it's really not ethical for him to not be represented. Well, he's representing himself. He can do that. Dottie has x-rays without ever having been to a doctor or a hospital. I'll look into it. Do we break laws? You want to do this? Hey! Let me go, man. These guys know each other, Jimmy. They're going to kiss and make up. Take your hands off me now. He's beating Eddie Broomstick. Nobody here saw nothing. I don't got to say that. Manny, you don't work here. We had some movement. Jimmy's lost control. And he's going to come back with a bigger number. I think is about as... So, you think about that movie? Nicely as I can put it. Remember when this used to be a drama? Oh, thank God Dylan's in You remember Bobby? Say hey! Eleanor's oh. daughter's in the episode, Keith. Hi, yes, indeed. Oh. Played by Alyssa Schaefer from Parks and Rec, The Unit, Fat Albert, and Happy Feet. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> they said Mike couldn't get Cosby onto the podcast, but he did it. Ah, uh, that's my new ringtone. <laughs> hey, can you draw a picture for mom? Can you please exit frame? Because does this mean you've already left? We can't child wrangle you. Do all so. Listen, tomorrow. Eugene, Jimmy, Jamie, and I were having a little goodbye celebration at the end of the day. Can you stop by? Oh, tomorrow I'm kind of jammed. Well, we can work around you. Eugene is in trial, but... Uh, Bobby, pretty you much booked go. all day. How about tomorrow night? Actually, I have plans. You Bobby, guys do it with Bobby. me. I, you know... Come on, I, Bobby. Baby, Bobby. Bobby, baby. Baby, Bobby. Actually, you didn't. You never really did say goodbye. In fact, you made a big point about how it wasn't goodbye. Eleanor, I'm not really into that kind of stuff. What kind of stuff? Look, I've moved on, okay? I, 
I don't really feel like going backwards. I grew a it's beard. reflecting on a okay. franchise that we gave our lives beard to. Beard does say moved on. Lives. Mm. It's an office place. Fine. That's pretty fucked up, actually. I know Bobby's yeah. going through some things, but it's pretty fucked up to say. I think so, too. Especially after Eugene's big speeches the past few episodes about family and the, this, that. And I know Bobby, some, when he left. You know what? Like, it's... Even Alan want, Shore got a better goodbye when he got fired. Yeah. Look, when you're the lead of the show, whether you want to or not, you got to at least show up at the cast party for like a half an hour. Yes. Especially yes. if like your old flame won't be there. Then it's not even awkward. All right. Tell me what time and I'll try to swing by to toast you and Eugene and Jimmy and Jane. Yeah, it ain't about you, Bobby. But to it me, is. It should be. It's about people. Not a space. I don't We don't mention most of them space. now. Space. Mm -hmm. Actually, he's more aroused by the wheelchair than he is by the women. By the wheelchair. Jesus, that swipe cut well, that was everything. Well, that makes him even sicker, doesn't it? Essentially, it's a fetish, and it's not all that uncommon. Being aroused by a wheelchair? Mr. Shepley was raised by a working mom, typically absent during critical stages of his development. Now, he Folks. himself was injured as a child, and his mother well, became Well, we talk about present. this particular fetish, uh, I think we should introduce... Guy on the stand talking about the wheelchair fetish. Guy who says that it's not even that uncommon. Yeah, well, fair enough. Folks, this is Stanley Anderson, who uh, is playing Dr. Thomas Bellamy, who what? perhaps played Dr. Robert Gale in Mr. Inks Go to Town. You know what it means. We get oh, your the bonus slow one. Yeah. To We're gonna play our old hits, even if they don't. <laughs> but after a Super Bowl guest star, you've come charging back for more. Very nice guy. Welcome back to the practice For a contending to him. I'm sure the delay, that was a masterpiece. Mr. Shepley likes to imagine himself in a helpless state. So it's fun. Uh, real quick, apropos yeah. of absolutely nothing. Oh, great. Jen yeah, and I yeah. heartily recommend a podcast we just listened to called Sympathy Pains. It's about this person who, with a, we think, I don't think there, there's a diagnosis, but some sort of Munchausen's where she goes to like these special needs camps as a special need camper in a wheelchair who needs to be fully uh, taken care of, bathed, mm -hmm. clothed, all those kinds of things. Uh, not disabled in any way, shape, or form. And that oh, has yeah. been... Podcast! Well, that he couldn't help himself. Is that what you're saying, Doctor? That he goes on some sort of sicko automatic perp pilot? Objection. Sustained. Automatic perp pilot. I can't pilot. actions yeah. were voluntary or not. It seems that they were. 
But awesome. when he Just sees awesome. a woman physically disabled, he becomes sexually excited. Am I ready and to plead? The jury has a legal right to free him if they want to. And I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. When I get up to speak, they're going to want to let him go. You think? It's our nature, Susan. We're Americans. It's our God-given duty to free people, even if they don't particularly want to be freed. We're liberators at our courses. I'll ask you not to stand so close to me. Don't stand so. All I need don't is stand one. So close one to me. Who thinks of don't Walter Shepley as a victim? Do you really want to bet I can't get one? Alan Shore has said surprisingly little in this episode. He's just been standing in the back room like, ooh, that Denny Crane, he's cheeky. Excuse me. Sally. I'm on KP duty. Punishment for giving Hannah Rose some pot. You gave Hannah Rose pot without offering me any? <laughs> what I a scam. It's cheeky. Oh, wow, so cheeky, 2004. If you want. Oh, it's fine. What are you looking at? Youth. What? <laughs> Sally, why would you give Hannah Rose pot? <sighs> Maybe he I'm doesn't have a computer. You'll be happy to know I've officially hired a therapist. We've already discussed you. And? He said I might be drawn to old guys because it makes me feel... You disgust me. Ah, so you disgust me? Feel safe. Hmm. Did you say old guys? Sorry. Moderately middle-aged. old guys. I don't know if I've ever been accused of that before in my life. Being sexy? Safe. Oh. I've never made anybody feel safe. Is this So, it? for the record, uh... Spader was 44 at this point. Whoa. Yeah. So you're saying yeah. there's a chance. Remember when I kissed you? <laughs> I, think, I think maybe Gosh. your best chance is just walk around Can in the world like... as Alan Shore and just see what happens. I can't believe I just did that. Just I'll bail you out happened. soon. Can I be a it wheelchair perv? reflective oh, I lied. Speaking of moderately middle-aged, Jed and I in the pool yesterday were literally having a discussion about how many pool noodles it would take to keep me afloat. <laughs> <laughs> we settled on three. Yeah. Dollar store noodles. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, like yeah, heavy yeah. duties. Heavy I mean, duties only I one. mean, these, these aren't like the prince's noodles, okay? Die. These are like no. dollar store noodles. <laughs> I didn't. Do you regret that? Not pulling away? Did you say to yourself after, next time, I'll pull away? No, I didn't. Guys, can we save the love triangle for the next show, please? No, it's time. Don't kiss again. Oh, is Tara going to see it, Keith? She just happens to be walking by. Ooh. Meanwhile, Steve Harris is, like, sitting in the, in the back room at catering, just, like, eating this... Like in a, a sandwich. Robe. Yeah. He's in a robe. <laughs> Guys, I feel like there's some pages missing. Yeah. 
Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. You, you, you worked for eight years at this place. You're gonna get two pages of dialogue. You guess nice for an old guy. I don't mind watching people kiss, but I don't like hearing the like kiss sounds, the like saliva sounds that makes me feel gross. Not with headphones, definitely not. <laughs> like it'd be weird if it were like muted, but I don't need to hear it in like great high definition. I'm not the actual lawyer you're gonna talk okay, about. Okay, we're back, back at, at Meatball and Meatball. Meatball case. Parmesan and Brazil. He's got doctors on the take. We don't need to know none of that. We want to help people that need help. We need cash flow. That man over there is a cash guy. Look at the size of him. Mr. Crane told me you to quit his client because you're Americans. And it's your God-given duty to free people. It's our nature. All right, folks, in case hey. you haven't been paying attention, somehow we're at the end of the case now. Uh, yeah. Because this wheelchair case happened. And 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 uh, since it was, uh, she said the word, you know what Americans really do? Let the eagle soar like, like they never, never soared before. From Rocky, Rocky Coast, Coast to Golden Shore. Jen, do you have any favorites that we haven't you haven't heard? Any, uh, we, we have, uh, have a like what other Keith, bumpers that we haven't heard in a long Keith time? Keith is pompous. We haven't played that okay. in a while. <laughs> Keith is pompous. <laughs> we lost the objection one to antiquity, right? That one's gone. I don't know what happened to that. It's it's very strange, but here's here's one that I enjoy. We find in favor of the plaintiff oh. and order the defendant to pay damages in the amount of seventy-two million dollars. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> Lindsay's the rainmaker. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Wife was right. Wife was right. I don't care that my ass is leaking. I'm just going to plug it up with money. Millions and millions. Plug my ass with millions. Millions and millions of dollars in my ass to protect it from that anal leakage the slide caused. <laughs> oh, some fun stuff. Oh, man, Keith. I was feeling so jacked up during that. I must have had a big... <laughs> Let the eagle soar. Got me thinking. What is our nature as Americans? Oh and wait! I realized Do you know what she's doing? It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Degraded people in wheelchairs. It isn't his fault. It's yours. And yours. And mine. Because we as Americans tolerate it. My husband is a staunch Republican. He championed the war and put Go out figure. the flag. We need to protect freedom, he says. And then when no weapons of mass destruction were found, he said, how could they make such a horrible mistake? We in success, they in failure. It needs to always be we. 
You look at those pictures in the papers of those Iraqi prisoners, degraded, some sodomized, some killed. We did that. Americans did that. As long as we lay claim this is America. to a nation governed by Don't catch you slipping now. for the people, Don't catch you slipping now. the American people did that. You did. You did. It's a really good point Honor, she's making. This though. is disguised bush bashing. I ask that counsel be disbarred, effective immediately. Could you bring it back to the case, counsel? We all need to be held accountable for a society that allows Mr. Shepley's behavior to be excusable. This it's is a great close. I'd love for one of our cast politics. members to give it. Yes. I don't care what your politics are. I mean, go in that room. I'd and vote I love Kate Burton, but still. Yeah. Cast a vote that says our society is a moral one. Yeah, well, you know, good for her because she's like, you know what? There's no bigger prestige than winning that final oopsie. Mm. Going out on top yeah. is the only way to go out. That's true. Clearly, we cannot claim the higher road abroad these days. Let's at least be able to cling to it at home. God, that reminds me of that case Rebecca almost had. Hmm. Oh, it reminds me of Re Re Rebecca. Did she attack America? I believe she did, yes. So this has to be rebutted cogently, thoughtfully, intelligently. I agree. Son, I am not equipped. I'd like to point out, Kate Burton was in the pilot as well. Bookends. Did she wins. In her opening statement, Miss Alexander suggested that my client should be held accountable. Now it seems. Keith, we haven't seen a fan yet in our last episode. We have to do you it. You should be accountable. Oh, God. Please. We as Americans are not accountable people. We are a nation of finger pointers, be it the 9 11 Commission to the weapons of mass destruction to anything at all having to do with the Red Sox. When was the last time you heard anybody say, I screwed up? When was the last time you heard anybody say, we screwed up? This is America, for God's sake. We're always right. And if ever we're not, we get a note from our doctor. Well, my client comes to you with a note from his doctor. He has a medical condition. It's a mental disorder. If, as Miss Alexander suggests, we as a society should take responsibility here, in this case, in this courtroom, then let's get this man some treatment. Let's not put him in jail. I could be wrong, but retribution doesn't always seem to work. I have so many thoughts about this case, but I'm gonna save them. I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Oh, Eugene's still on the show. I thought you'd be interested to know, despite my stirring closing, we decided to settle the case. You're wrong. I'm not oh, interested to get out. Settle off screen. Eugene. A judge has asked you to leave his chambers. Whatever our history, if you ever again... What did Alan do, per se? What did I do? What did you do? You called me Eugene. You mean, uh, that's not your name? I was under the impression- Shut up! Just shut up! I walk in that courtroom, my courtroom for the first time, and you yell out, Eugene, buddy? 
You may not respect me, but you'll respect the robe. You understand? I yelled your name out of enthusiasm. I yelled out, buddy, to be flip. I apologize. Let me tell you something, Eugene. I know many judges. I've even slept with a few. The robe is a piece of clothing. I'm required by law, and I suppose decorum, to honor the robe. The respect I have for you is far more profound. Your Honor. You know, he says stuff like that all the time, but it never bears out in his behavior. That brings right. us back to the old actions speak louder than words. Like, that's, that's, I'm not, I'm not even adjudicating his sincerity, but if enough times you say things like uh, how much we're best buddies and then at, at every party we go to, you talk shit on me and, and uh, you know, make fun of me or tease me in front of people. Like eventually you're like, well, uh, even though I believe you when you say like, you have to prove it. I mean, you know, you see a lot of relationships. Mike, you're not there. supposed like, to air our laundry here on the show. <laughs> no, it's true. You know, it's, it's like you said, it, just because, look, God, I hate to make this. Uh, well, you'll see this in a lot of like the at least in portrayals of abusive relationships where the you know the people the, the, there's this violent altercation, be it verbal or physical, and then there's a I'm sorry, I love you. I believe, there's this big right. convincing, and I'm it's it's I think what you said is very powerful because though I it seems very clear that Alan feels those that way about Eugene, like why would he why maybe he's even he has a psychopathy that makes him incapable of of expressing that respect in public via his behavior, but still, then don't say you have it. Well, and there's plenty, yes, and that's, I think that's it. I mean, there's plenty of people who can fool themselves into the, uh, that I'm I'm sincerely saying I love you or I respect you or whatever, but it's, if it, if it doesn't bear out in your behavior, it's not true. And and it's just like you, it's, it is, it is a, uh, you, know, you got to follow through. Uh, that's it. And yet Eugene's left there slack-jawed, like trying to piece There will to be no it all together. violence inside the premises. I realize sometimes scores got to get settled outside the courtroom. But there will be no mayhem inside here. Everybody checks their baseball bats with Susie when you come in. We have company bats. Second, our mission <laughs> is to become a totally honest law firm. I know this can't happen overnight. But the purpose of this franchise is to do good, decent work for good, decent people. I need to pre-clear three wise guys I got lifelong stuff with. Nothing serious. Third, Manny, we have agreed to extend an offer to you as a paralegal. You mean it? You need to pre-clear with me everything you do. You'll be acting as an agent of this firm. Your salary will be a contingency of the business you bring in. You won't regret it. Fourth, Jamie, if you want to be a partner, the buy-in is 75 grand. That's what me and Lenny put in. You might want to consider, you know, being an associate here since... Yeah, I opt for that. <clears throat> associate. Okay. Best line of the then episode so far. We're a law firm. Let's... Mike, I feel like this is your opportunity. Uh, we're a law firm. We, I, I just got some news. I, I just got some, I, I got some news here. 
2004 called and uh, Meatball and Meatball has been picked up. I can't wait to hear their theme song, Mike. We don't do any of that vegan shit. No, no, If you don't like pasta way too bad, you're gonna eat it because this is Meatball Meatball. Goombas to my left. Shrimp scampies to my right. You all get help with uh, your legal fight. It is meatball and eatball. Yeah, don't sue me, because here comes the star. It's Jimmy Baluti. Yeah, yeah. Oh. There it is. Slow clap for meatball and meatball. Well done, sir. Well done. I don't want when men hug, it's a sign of homosexuality. Ooh. I'm against same-sex hugs. I'll take Ooh. a handshake, then. You spoke of your esteem, finding it in vanity. I've found much of mine in being your friend. Friend of Denny Crane. I've pushed the defense on Peters as far as I can, Denny. I'm gonna need you to close. She had to do this whole episode in that well, call race. a meeting. Get them all in here tomorrow. You might actually be able to do it with a phone call. Oh. I'm gonna into my office. So <laughs> Hannah Rose is in her brace, and so Denny Crane's friend uh, is clearly sexually aroused. That's true. And uh, he just gave a... Uh, okay, well, what was that Jim Carrey movie? Okay. The Mask? Uh, the Mask. He just gave, like, the mask, his eyes popped out face. <laughs> You're just figuring this out. I mean, I always thought I was functionally messed up. It worked for me. But I... Perhaps... Well, there's no denying. Actually, there is. There seems to be nothing but denial on my part about... Tara... I have enormous affection for you. Wait, wait, hold on. So, uh, David. Uh, yeah. David Kelly, uh, I'm just have a. I'm just getting a note from the network. Uh, you have about, I don't know what, eight minutes left mm-hmm. of your uh, award-winning series, The Practice, Emmy-winning, legendary series, The Practice. Um, so you, you've got eight minutes. What do you What are you going to do with with your last time here on The Practice? Well, we should probably have. Uh, Alan break up with Tara, even though they're not really dating, so that he can pursue. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Who's who's Alan? Who's Tara? Like this is it's Bobby Donald, right? And uh, no, no, Lindsay, Bobby already had and... his scene. He said he might show up for dinner, but I, I have a suspicion he's gonna sh- he's gonna. You know, what we could really do to really shit the bed here. Why don't we have Bobby not show up to the farewell? Ah, ah, okay. So just like just rub some salt in the wounds by like, like because because look, I mean. A lot of our fans maybe uh, were super fans of the show for a while. They got busy, but they're going to come back for the finale so they can see all their heroes have their one climactic <laughs> moment. Yeah, we're not going to see any of them again. That was our last... <laughs> for whatever reason. I'm setting myself up for the worst here. I like myself less with you. Ouch. Damn. I'm not at all. Sure. That is savage. Shouldn't you chime in with something? The end of last episode and then the end of this episode? You're totally incongruent. I don't like being alone. I'm good at it. 
but I don't like it. Mike, I like myself less with you. <laughs> Explains a lot. my feelings for mm. you, I see potentially a less lonely path with... Well, he's like, I'm gonna date this other girl? Yep, because I like myself less with you, so I'm gonna go... You've just said it. With the other one. Always take the less lonely path. Somebody somewhere must have said that. I'd love to stay and chat, but I'm buried with work. Could you be a dear? His file has to go down to storage. Would you drop it down there for me? Because what's her buckets working in storage? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do dig that Tara's so, uh, she's like, <sighs> I'm a smoke show, so I'll be all right. I, I do not need you. Yeah, that is. But like, what keeps her coming back? I don't. Well, the script, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> David E. Kelly's fantasy yeah. of himself. He's well, cosplaying as Alan Shore. We're running out of time here. Run out. Oh, we're at the party. Okay, here we go. Was coming. She got tied up in probate. Hey, Bobby. He won't show. You know. Okay, so Beck's not coming. Lisa G. Hamilton nope. said, "Hell no." No, him and goodbyes. He's still telling Lindsay that their marriage is just on hiatus. Okay, little. We got a wrap up. We got a. We got a sentence. We, yeah, but we got multiple consecutive sentences about our cast. So Bobby's uh, still pining for Lindsay. He's saying they're just working it out. And Lindsay's like, mm -hmm. ah, I'm out. She's Hell probably, no. you know, she's busy. Uh, and uh, Bobby Jr., I guess, is all right. Uh, I don't know. He's floating Eleanor's daughter is a very good artist. She's, she's mm -hmm. doing okay. Eleanor is not a lawyer anymore. She's just, like, being rich for a while. Yeah, yeah. Eugene's a judge. Uh, Jamie's working at Meatball and Meatball as an associate mm -hmm. because she's ready to bounce. Because uh, she does not want to be legally liable for uh, what they're up to. They could have, like, offered her a partnership so she could take over the firm, right? They could have done that. They, oh, you mean the original firm? Yeah. But she'd just be partners with herself. That's cool. Yeah. Well, we got to get going. I got to report to night court. <gasps> you got night court? I'm a rookie. <sighs> Say hey to Larroquette. All right, glasses up. Do you think Night Court was a, a tacit acknowledgement of Larroquette's uh, contributions to the show? I don't know. It, cer it certainly could be, but it's also perfectly, like, Reasonable, it is what a rookie judge would be doing. To our new lives, Eugene, a judge. To three years of the Out of Practice podcast. Can we raise the fake glass here? Yes, there it is. Proud of you guys. Can't believe it. We really did it. We really, we really did what no one asked for. <laughs> we heeded the clarion call for a nonsense podcast rewatching an old TV show that no one asked mm. for or wanted. Jimmy, Jamie, neighborhood lawyers, me, a mom, and who knows? I don't know. Incredibly talented actress. And mm hmm. Somebody help me out. Okay. Uh, I have loved this place. Every day, uh, no matter what the fight or 
however ugly, I came here every day saying to myself, this place is special, and I'm lucky to be here. And you, and you, and you, and all of you. <laughs> Come on, Bobby. Jesus Christ. Wait, did really Bobby doesn't show up? All around the world and back You can fly or sail Or ride a railroad track but no Oh, we can't even stay on them walking away? We gotta flip over to you go, Tara and Denny Crane that people meatball meatball shot and mm -hmm. the same things on their minds ass implant being doing oh, his paralegal work mm -hmm. Eugene on the bench for his I'd watch a Eugene on the bench spin off absolutely too. Yes. absolutely Alan Shore in the back room Harassing a young woman? No, it's Coyote Ugly. They're playing flirty. They're flouncing and bouncing. Flouncing and bouncing. We got a taxi. Oh, Eleanor Mommy. Empty office. I just got a little, a little choked up. Bobby. Gets the last shot at least. Oh, he couldn't say goodbye. Bobby's crying. Wow, David gave him the last frame. Wow, that was, that's like. Wow. There it is. That one hit me a little bit. What an interesting choice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, that was the practice. Oof. Not not the practice season eight, episode 22. That is just the practice. Wow. And, uh, yeah. The, uh, the final laser sounds of uh, the series. The practice. That last shot was, yeah. it was really like, there was, he said a lot in it. He had a lot to, but without saying anything, just Dylan doesn't show up or Bobby doesn't show up, but then he's just sitting in his, where office was he sitting in? I think he was sitting in his old office, which was probably Eugene's. I guess he still has a key. He just broke in. Yeah. He's just sitting <laughs> he's, there. He's as, represented by Meatball and Meatball. He can get away with anything. It's all packed up, and he's just uh, crying. Yeah. He couldn't say goodbye. I think that's it, right? It wasn't that he's like, <clears throat> he's moved on. It's just that he couldn't bring himself to say goodbye. He couldn't. Yeah, I mean, I, emotion, I, I which think it tracks was, with it, Bobby. Tracks with Bobby's yeah. emotions. No, totally, mm -hmm. because he he would not want to show that emotion in front of his 
friends. Like that that does track with Bobby. So, and you know, a little bit selfish, not showing up for your friends. That's also yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. That, that also tracks for Bobby. Wow. Uh, all right. Well, I think we should uh, hand out some fake awards and then talk about how we thought about uh, the end of the practice. But uh, we have to begin with everybody's favorite 12 syllables, Michael. Yes, we do, that I'm trying to feverishly compose currently. Yeah, well, you have the bumper to, to compose it. Wait, so Jen, answer the question. Who's coughing at the end of that track? It's is that Mike. you or is that Mike? It's Mike. <laughs> I love that. You know, with all of the incredible amount of work that we put into these things, what we don't fix, right? <laughs> like, if you're watching this on the on the YouTubes or on the the Patreon, he's got this beautiful moving background. He's been he's been keyed and photoshopped in with a logo that moves. This beautiful thing. He's got all the instruments. He brought in the Broadway star. Uh, you know, Jen, CEO Jen, to sing on the track and then doesn't cut the cough. Mike, have I given you enough time to uh, to fill out your 12 syllables? Time to say goodbye. Bobby's here, but no one else? Dylan cries with us. Hmm. There it is. Yeah. All right. Let's... Uh, Let's let's do our uh, third from the last fake award show. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, I'll tell you, Jackie. They are a fake award show that we do at the end of every episode. We have done at the end of 167 episodes of The Practice. And we begin... Like we always have, except for we didn't start doing this category until the uh, season or episode six of season one, The Immortal. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jen, who do you think is the most valuable lawyer this week? Hmm. <laughs> it might be a split splitsy between Denny and you, Alan, you I guess. One. Yeah, you have to pick oh. one. That's how this works. I guess Alan did the close. I guess I'd have mm-hmm. to go with Alan. But they didn't they didn't the case Although, never, she, they they, well, they, settled, they ended right? up it was settled out of court. Right. I mean, she was amazing. Her clothes was amazing. Mm-hmm. But we don't know how much the settlement was for. I feel like it's her. I feel like it's her. A- okay. Paper. Michael. 
I'm going to go with Jimmy Berluti because I think that oh. the new, the, the greater Southie Boston area is going to be better served by Jimmy kind of uniting the families and uh, putting in a no violence. And, the, you know, it seems like his charter of uh, we're going to be a, above board actually could serve to, to help a lot of people so they don't get their asses kicked by their lawyer as uh, had yeah, been previously yeah, yeah. The, the sort of way. So Yeah, yeah, meatball, mm-hmm. meatball. You know, they, most of these places, they got a can there by the door, you know, for your umbrellas and stuff. These are for your baseball bats, so you don't but be hitting each other. I'll say this, as <laughs> seen on this episode, if we look at the trajectory of each of the offices, one is uh, closing, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I don't think Eleanor's coming mm-hmm. back. The other is, uh, you know, going to be more more shenanigans as we've seen. And Jimmy's has the best shot at being like a legitimate. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm arguing this, but uh, best <laughs> with their to help fake X-rays and to they're help assaulting re- their <laughs> to help real people. So I'm going to say Berluti. Meatball and meatballs. <laughs> my uh, is my most valuable lawyer. Yeah, I. You know, I'm with Jen. I I think ADA Susan Alexander's close um, was actually the truth and what was what this was really all about. And I, I think that, um, you know, Alan's Alan's close was disingenuous. Right. And it was, uh, you know, it, we'll, we'll t- talk about that case in, in the oopsies. But essentially, uh, it's about a person with a fetish. Right which is not a mental deficiency or a mental deranged. It's not a mental disorder. It's a fetish. And everybody has them. And who cares what it is? You're responsible for your behavior. You can't just like, oh, I really like, I really like blondes. So I have no control not to like wander around groping them. Like Mm. tough titties. Like you like what you like. You're still responsible for your behavior. End of story. It has nothing to do with anybody... Nothing to do with the wheelchair has nothing to do with right. whether or not they're a victim or not. And like treating people in wheelchairs as if they're some sort of victims by inherently was sort of offensive. Like it it was utterly it's just like he's sexually harassed in the workplace. None of the rest of it was relevant. Right. And Susan Alexander's point was like, hey, guess what? Uh, you, you can't do stupid. You, you can't assault people. Game over. None of the rest of it matters. She's my winner. All right. Uh, let us uh, let us move forward to everybody's favorite segment. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting oh wait, wait, wait! Stop! Yeah, stop. you're right. Absolutely, stop. Hundred percent. We gotta do the dance, kids. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go! But you're the best guest actor. You are the best. There we go. <laughs> you know, Dylan got it last week. It, it'd be nice to give it to him as kind of a farewell. But the truth is, is you mentioned it already, both of you. I think Kate Burton came in and uh, is the best actress, the best guest actor on this episode. Great clothes, great firm performance all the way through. I think uh, we gotta we 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 can't start just giving away awards willy nilly. Now we gotta stick to what we started, which integrity. is integrity. This whole thing is about yeah. integrity. Damn it. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, I think and it, that that scene where she told 
Denny to step back was pretty, she was pretty fierce in that. I, I also think she had some really excellent reaction shots, really good nonverbal yeah. acting that she didn't get the note that we're in a Jim Carrey movie now. Yeah. And so she yeah. actually reacted to their crazy people like a sane person would with some subtlety and with some, you know, it's like she's, she, she didn't get the note. We're not in the real world anymore. Uh, and for that, I appreciate. I mean, it probably would have been more on brand for us to give it to wheelchair pedo, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh. that's my new ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> that face you made was insane. Okay, let's move on. Patreon.com slash Kanda. Would you like to see Keith humiliate himself on video doing... <laughs> well, go to Patreon.com slash Kandem. <laughs> All right, next up. Killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show I'm torn here. I think it's... Steve Harris was great again in all of his scenes, as there aren't many of them. But something about Cameron this episode really captured me. I think both of them carried the weight of the show the show that was and the show that is now. Uh, maybe, you know, we didn't even consider Cameron had to like, she decided to go into motherhood because she feared that her law license was going to be revoked due to the assault charge. Uh, <laughs> That's true. She's going in hiding, I think yeah. is what she's yeah. trying to say. But, you know, that scene with Bobby, the scene with the toast at the end, she brought the gravity that I think we needed, that that us long-term fans needed. Now, yeah. granted, I'm sure people are very people at this time were really excited about Boston Legal and excited to kind of that it was continuing in that way, and so there wasn't a, that much of a goodbye for them. But for I think a lot large, large part, portion of the audience, the show that they loved was represented somewhat this week. I'm glad that she was that Cameron was tasked with the very all too brief epilogue for some of our characters, almost mm-hmm. all of our characters, and uh, it's a shame that we couldn't see them or we couldn't meet them. But I understand there's clearly some some stuff behind the scenes and and financial restraints and all kinds of stuff. Uh, So I'm glad that Cameron was tasked to kind of sum it up. And, and I thought it seems even with the little, her little daughter felt lived in, even though we've never seen that girl before. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to give it to Cameron Manheim. Yeah. Jen. Same Cameron. Yeah. She's just, she's such a brilliant actress and she brings so much warmth to everything she does. And it's, this is what I've been waiting for. Just like the hug last week with Bobby and Eugene. Um, I wanted some more Eleanor and I felt like we got it. And she was just so beautiful in those last couple of scenes. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think, I think it's Cameron. I mean, I, I guess I'll talk about it in tires, but like her, I could have used more Cameron times everything. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and I don't know if I, I love her. Stepping back. I mean, I get, you know, if you're a kid, you want to spend time with your kid, but like Jimmy starts a new firm. Eugene's a judge. You know, Bob, Bobby's living his dream. Like, Cam- and Cameron just says, meh. Like, uh, I don't know. We yeah, t- even, let's, we'll, yeah. let's talk about that. Let's talk right, about that. All right. Let's, let's, uh, yeah. I mean, 
for the last time of a single episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. So, we have to look at this from the lens of, uh, I think, twofold. As an episode, but also it is what it is, right? It's a series finale. So how well does it accomplish that task? Now, I th- I would argue that it didn't need to sell Boston Legal. We've already spent a season doing that. Really what it needed to do was close this series up. And even though season seven has been basically Boston Legal, the series eight. is, yeah, season eight, the series is the practice. And so how well does it tie it up? Now, they did not give, do themselves any favors by... There was no narrative, real narrative arc left for them to, uh, other than what happened to other people. Uh, we already saw Bobby last week. Uh, Eugene already got the judge, uh, already ascended to the bench. So uh, those are the questions. I think it is a huge disservice that we had that weird case with the wheelchair. I'm not even going to like justify it by like, talking about how goofy it was or what it was trying to say. It, it, it just, like Keith said, who gives it? Who cares? Who cares? Um, I guess the more effective beats were the the table setting and continuation that, that, that Alan's weird relationship stuff is going to be the focus of his arcs on Boston Legal because it seems like Denny Crane is the sort of legal or that that whatever who cares right i want the the stuff we wanted was the was the scene with bobby was the will he won't he i can even i can accept the that he wasn't didn't come to the party at the end i can buy that that works for me i don't love it it wasn't fulfilling that way but he did choose to leave he chose to move in his life and he he clearly can emotionally go there so okay i think it sucks that lindsay is only just like we didn't find out that all we heard was her as like as Bobby's partner. We don't know anything that's happening about her character, but that tracks with what we've done with Lindsay. I think who the people who remained, Jimmy, I like I like where he's at. He started as like an embezzler, and now he's as comical as it is. He's trying to do the right thing and walk the straight and narrow in his neighborhood, and like I think that's really kind of a satisfying end for Jimmy. It really does feel maybe not in this grounded in this universe, but I like it. Uh, the Eleanor thing, the, the Eugene thing, I think that was, I wish we had had so much more of it, but I liked it. I liked the closing for him. Bobby seems like he's doing all right. The Eleanor thing, I'll argue the opposite. You know, when she decided to have that baby, she talked about how important it was and how much she wanted to be a mother mm-hmm. and how difficult and she how much she didn't get the support from everybody and like what a, and how disappointed we were for her. And now she's making the decision to put that being a mother first. And she's created the the means and the situation to do so. And it doesn't mean she can't ever come back to the firm. I think deciding to make that, I think that's a very mature decision that Eleanor's making and difficult sacrifice. And I like it. I don't, I don't hate and, it. And I, and, and I would have liked that if they had told that story. If we had seen throughout this season her struggling with the you know the the hours that she's having to put in there and, and and what it's costing her in a relationship with her kid or whatever if we'd seen that story that's cool that's interesting that's real that's life eh, but it's just like oh we forgot to come up with something for Eleanor to do so mm-hmm. this is what we're doing fair um 
I mean, I'll, I'll extend your kind of, so that last scene with Bobby, as we go to fade to black, like David E. Kelly recognized he had to, he had to close on Bobby. I mean, the whole show was about Bobby. The show was about Bobby, what Bobby started with his colleagues in the beginning. And I like that Dylan agreed to do the, the thing. What's, what's interesting to me is that, and I guess we'll talk about this more when we talk about the series in its entirety, is that what that scene demonstrates to me, really, when you really consider it, is how Bobby, from season one, episode one, to season eight, episode 22, there was not a there was a lot of journey as far as mm. things that happened, but as far as like a character, he's Bobby still the same guy. Bobby didn't yeah. move or change. He's and he's ended up. He's he never sitting, grew up. Yeah, he's sitting on that same desk, uh, and nothing much has changed for him. I mean, a lot of shit has happened, but he's just he hasn't moved. He's still in, no. incapable of telling the people he loves how much he loves them consistently and and possibly and being there for them when they end. And that's no. sad. And that's yeah. the feeling I had going to black was 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 that of melancholy, which is kind of fitting. That's the tone of the show that we came to love in in many ways when we kind of average it out. Uh, I think it's I don't think it's a shock that we weren't satisfied with this final season. I'm not satisfied with the final episode. It was all too truncated. It felt like a tack on. It felt like a Here's the episode. Here's a sh weird episode of Boston Legal with the wheelchair guy. And then let's like, we got, this is the last time we got to tack on these other guys, these other people. So, you know, yeah. let's write them good ideas, but then we can't, obviously can't flesh it out in 48 minutes and we spend our time doing other stuff like the marijuana bit. It, it, you know, it's the same problem. And so, yes, the fan service part, obviously I enjoyed, but as a series finale, it felt... I, mean, I felt unfinished. I felt more satisfied with last week's episode as a series finale, even though we didn't get, you know, everybody together in the same room. So what did I give last week? You gave a nine last week. <laughs> I was feel I was in a different mood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, as an episode, it was not great. As a series finale, it was mediocre. Uh, seven, eight, two. Spare tires. Okay. All right. Jen. Um, yeah, I, 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 I mean, you have listened to every episode too. You have every yeah. bit, the <laughs> scope that we do. Um, well, you guys said a few weeks ago, you know, it feels like I'm watching, well, I think, I think Keith, you said it's like a, a nightmare or whatever. And then Fever Mike, dream. you're like, it's like we're in a crossover episode, you know, so this did yeah. feel like a, a crossover episode as a series finale kind of thing, which is, you know, mm, just felt like that whole yeah. um, season. But, but because, thank goodness, Bobby came back, you know, we had, and Jimmy's, I love, I do love where Jimmy's story's going and Jamie coming on with him. I like that. But, um, and yeah, that I would have, I always would have loved more Eleanor and maybe even, you know, I'm doing this for now. And, you know, maybe she starts her own nonprofit or something, you know, something in the future. But I do, you know, at least it's left open that you can kind of picture all the great things Eleanor will be doing in the future. And and I, I, I did love seeing her with her daughter, finally. Um, and... Oh, and then I was thinking maybe does Eugene come on Boston Legal as the judge? 
Well, I can't give spoilers. Spoiler. So that was exciting. I would have loved to have seen a case for Eugene. That was exciting seeing yeah. him come out and and then that didn't happen, but maybe we get it in Boston Legal. But um I do love where Eugene's well, he's story gonna is recuse going, himself. So. It seems it's like he'll recuse himself from things involving those lawyers. So that doesn't see that doesn't bode well right. for Eugene's guest won't. starring. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe it was just for his first. Like he seemed really PO'd that it was his first case and it's with Alan and then Alan's, you know, doesn't call him judge and all that. But anyway, so I'm grateful at least we did have time with our practice people. And so I'm feeling 8.1. 8.1. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Hold on, Keith. Before you start, here's here's because I'm a little salty now that I'm thinking about it. I want to. I just want to interject this and then let you take the ball and run with it. Boston legal has been greenlit by this point. For sure, it's happening. Yeah, people have jobs secured. There was zero narrative need to have any plot involving those those guest stars. Maybe Alan Shore surprise shows up. They're showing from Eugene's perspective his first case, and Alan Shore is there, and we get to see it. Maybe, but none of that other stuff. They even even the romance stuff. They could have left that dangling with him admitting feelings to Tara yeah. last episode, and we didn't need to see them at all this episode. So when you when yeah. you mentioned astutely during the run, this feels like a wasted time. You're absolutely right. They wasted three quarters of the episode. So yeah, yeah. my yeah. seven is probably way too high, but whatever. So uh, we're all theater kids, right? And we've we've all done we've all done plenty of shows, and we've I'm sure we've all done some summer stock, right? And uh, in summer stock, the turnover they they do a season of shows. They'll do two weeks of Grease, and then two weeks of West Side Story, and then two weeks of whatever. And uh, the turnaround is really fast. So That's they're rehearsing me now. Yeah. They're rehearsing one cast as the other show is performing and they have to start, you know, they usually will close on a Saturday night or a Sunday and then they're, they're up and running on Tuesday or Wednesday, the next show. So there is no time to waste converting the theater from one show to the next show. So we've got to tear down the Rydell head high set and start building, you know, the the West Side Story set. And sometimes, if you're doing it, uh, you're doing your last show of the show that's leaving. And during the run of the show, set pieces start disappearing, right? Grease Lightning, the car, you go out for the second act, like, hey, where the hell's the car? It's already gone. It's already in the dumpster. It is toast. They are dismantling the set. The minute you you stop using it, it is gone. Your costume, it's gone. And I could almost feel like I'm surprised in the final scene where they all had champagne. They didn't have, you know, like a stage hand unscrewing one of the walls <laughs> behind them to build the Boston <laughs> Legal set. Because it literally, it, it felt so, so much like we were tearing this down so fast to build this new show that uh, 
It's yeah. and it's a little sad. It's like, man, we just we just did this run of the show and we, we worked so hard on it. It's great. We're not even done yet. Why are you tearing down our set? Can you at least let us get to the curtain call before you've thrown the set in the dumpster? But it, it, and that's sort of where what it is here. Um, yeah. The other thing this this makes me think of. Um, spoiler alert for the new Star Trek folks: the series finale of Star Trek Enterprise. Um, and this this was uh, the show after Voyager, the one with uh, with Bakula, uh, that got sort of abruptly canceled after season four. Um, usually they go seven. And so they wrote a series finale that was very rushed and tried to um, wrap it all up immediately. But what they did with it was they built it a framing device around that show in which it took place in the holodeck of the next generation. Mm. So they brought in Riker and Troy and set this whole thing during an episode of Next Generation that we knew. And so Riker was going into the holodeck and watching what the people from Enterprise were doing to help him make a decision, right? And so as a result... Technically, the series finale of Enterprise was actually an episode of The Next Generation. Mm. And fans were furious due to the lack of... I mean, like, we're so excited to see Troy and, and Riker. And it's so great. Oh, my God, they're on the holodeck. We love it. But it's so disrespectful to the Enterprise cast that they're not even the stars of their own series finale. And... I think this is another case of that. And and so it is it's very you know and I look I hate to I hate to be here at the at the end of this long ride and sort of have it end in this somewhat sour place and this dissatisfying place. But I mean we've been honest this whole time about how we feel about stuff and and we're not going to shine it up just cuz. Um it's very disappointing. It, it, it leaves it leaves you with a very sour taste. Um, you know, I'm sure that they couldn't get the cast back due to budget, or maybe they were like, screw you, <laughs> I'm not coming back. And um, who, who knows? We don't know. We're not in a position to know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I wish they'd had enough respect for the seven seasons previous to at least finish the show as the practice and not a crossover to Boston legal for, you know, cause that's, and Boston legal is great, right? Fine. And it was obviously very successful, but these, at least the last three or four episodes should have been refocused, laser focused back on our show on the practice. You're still calling it the practice. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's disappointing. It's it's disappointing. Um, you know, yeah. I, uh, the performances were great. It's great to see Bobby back. I you know the the wistful last moment with Bobby where he hasn't really he's still alone, right? We start on the guy who's alone, and his the law is his only relationship. And I guess that's what it's really about, right? Like, he has these people that he works with, but his real only relationship is with the law. And I get it. I mean, he's it's it's almost like a, like an artist story, 
solid, you know, it's like it's like George from Sunday in the Park with George. His only real relationship is with his art. And and so I like that as a beat. Again, I, I would love to have that explored for more than three seconds. And, you know, and we don't we need to spend five minutes on on which uh, which of the outrageously hot 20 years younger paralegals is Alan going to be banging like. Come on. Um, so. I think as an episode, as an episode by itself, it's like, OK, fine, whatever. Like you got like a seven or whatever. But as a series finale. It's just, it's so, it's just, it's, it's, it's sad, frankly. Like, I, I wish that it had been different. So, you get a 5.7. So, uh, Keith. Yeah. Better podcast. We're going to run long this week, so everybody buckle up. Uh, a couple of things I want to bring out, since this is the last time we're talking about the series, uh, se- season eight, <clears throat> really. Yeah. Well, um, well, we have a whole episode yeah, about season yeah, eight yeah, yeah. next but, week. I mean, but, yeah. I think it's important uh to point out that uh I, i'm sorry this is, is a little bit of a spoiler but i did a little digging uh that there are tons of guest stars that appeared on both the practice and on boston legal but none of our main characters make guest appearances in any That's of right. the series which That's is right. insane uh i mean but it stands to reason and appa- and apparently you know just, you know you teased it but hannah rose doesn't even make it to boston legal doesn't even make it to Boston Legal. So, I, I thought... Because she died from the injuries yeah, from right. Eleanor's punch. <laughs> I, thought it in, I thought it important, uh, since we've had a lot of opinions about this, I turned to the uh, Television Academy, an interview they did, a three-part, uh, full-hour interview, uh, or two-hours interview with David E. Kelly. Um, and I've queued up the part where he speaks about bringing uh, Spader in uh, season eight, and then spinning oh, off to Boston Legal. I haven't, I heard haven't this. I haven't vetted it, so hopefully it, he gets to the point. So that was a clear indication to me that it should be the spinoff, and and we should let the practice go. So um, that gave rise to Boston Legal. And how did you differentiate Boston Public Boston Legal? Sorry, from the practice. Well, they're totally very very different. Their Boston Legal was yeah. a f- much funnier show. Practice didn't have a whole lot of laughs in it. Um, the show was very offbeat, and the, the trick in that show was the handoff from the mm. practice to Boston Legal. You couldn't just take characters out of the practice and throw them into uh, a tonally incompatible series, because it just, uh, I don't think the audience would accept it. I don't think it would be fair to the audience. So over the course of the last eight or nine episodes, we started taking the audience in small steps into Denny Crane's firm, which was Crane, Pool and Schmidt, which was a much, uh, the color palette of that firm was different, uh, the characters were different, it was much more offbeat, but we would, in small doses, give the practice audience bits and pieces of this firm. And small by show doses? 20 of the last season of the practice, we were in uh, Crane, Pool and Schmidt, 75 to 80% of the time, and Donald Frutt and um, Dole, the practice firm, 20% or so of the time. So the audience was sort of uh, weaned off of the practice 
and led slowly into the world of Graham Poole and Schmidt. So it felt very seamless, and by the time we debuted as Boston Legal the following year, our audience was on board and ready to go, and didn't feel that their sensibilities had been shocked. Wow, that is fascinating. I've, I'd never heard that before. Well, there's another and, 30 minutes, so we'll have to listen, maybe pull yeah. some clips for another show. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean what that confirms is, like, everything we've been talking about was done with intent. And, yeah, I mean, and we could like, guess argue, I mean, Boston Legal was popular from the get, so clearly they succeeded where they were trying. I wonder, though, if you needed to, I understand, you know, trying to, like, pepper in the new show, but I, I wonder if, I don't know. I still feel that it did a disservice to our characters. I, but, oh, I, 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 I absolutely, I stand by it. Yeah, and I I I get where he's coming from, and I and I and I respect the intent and the execution. Like he executed exactly what he intended to do. Though I would right. argue, I, just, I would argue he, that um, he made it seem a lot when he says seamless. He made it seem like the tonal shift wasn't recognizable. Whereas that I disagree with. The tonal shift well, was abrupt. Well, I mean, we're paying more attention than anybody else, but but yeah. yes, I, I I I agree. I mean, like he, you know, we smelled the tonal shift. We saw the shift in the priority of the show, and I, I, I the only thing that he's really missing there is the cost, right? The benefit of acclimating your audience to this new show, and you're 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 selling the show. You're setting up this Boston legal for success, which he did. And it was, it was a wild success and had good ratings right from the very beginning. So he accomplished exactly what he wanted to do. The cost was his, the practice, yeah. right? And and he like right. is very open about it, very clear about it. Like we were weaning the audience off of the practice and he, and and that's and that's it because like if you're weaning the audience off the, off the practice, what you're doing is you're choking out your first baby. Yeah. You know, like they right. th like the the practice itself was losing oxygen every episode that went through, and so by by the end it did sort of flop around like a strangled fish. You know, because it because it it he he didn't care anymore. That wasn't the point. The whole point was to. Make us not care. I mean, we're the audience is the goldfish in the tank, and you're adding a little bit of water into the goldfish bag, oh, and over and over and over again. You know what? I would say that to 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 put a put a button on this analogy. Basically, the practice show felt like the character of Hannah Rose, really built up, really sort of established, and then sucker punched, and then off <laughs> given some pot, given some pot off screen, and never mm -hmm. heard from again. Yeah. 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 Well, and and I think, uh, you know, and frankly, I think this puts to bed the question of is season eight of the practice canon? I think clearly, even in David E. Kelly's head, no, yeah. mm -hmm. no, it's not. The season eight of the practice is season zero of Boston Legal. What I would like to know, and I will do a little research to find out, is where, because we sort of have ideas, but like at what point in season eight did they say we're spinning off? 
did they give him that ultimatum? Because it sounded like they were going to give him a season nine of of the practice. The well, practice. yeah, well, and that's yeah. And I. It sounds like, uh, at least from the way he described it, that decision didn't get made until Denny Crane showed up. Mm-hmm. Because they said seems, they gave him yeah, an option. Like, it seems of, like Spader was like, I'm in for the one season and I'm going to make in this In for guy the an one asshole. season. And once Denny Crane came in and, the, you know, the ratings were, were definitely going up at that point. The network's like, okay, you pick that, you pick that, you can do a spinoff or do more practice. And um, so I, I think like this was probably being implemented at probably only a couple of weeks after Denny Crane showed up is is what and certainly by the time we yeah i mean by the time we saw much of the firm like it had to be um had to be well into that world well yeah. i mean that's it's that's remarkable and i, I like yeah david e. kelly works with intent mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and i and i i respect that i just and you know, I, it's it's hard as a as a writer myself. You do get tired of your stuff sometimes, you know. And like even in the tiny, the tiny world of my career and the tiny amount of thing that anybody has ever cared about anything I've ever done. Like, I, do I need to hear Kathy's office down the hall one more time? Uh, probably not. But is that the thing that gets done by a magnitude of 10 more than any other song in all of I've ever written? Yeah. And do I have to sort of like suck it up and get up for it, you know, again, every time I hear that song? Like, yeah. And does anybody really want to hear like, oh, I've, I've, I love this song and I've, I've, I've built this and I'm going to do it. They don't want to hear from me like. Well, and, and you, have to, okay. you, have to, you have to allow for hindsight, right? Like, same analogy. Radiohead. Creep was their biggest hit they ever had, ever will have. To a yeah. point, middle of their career, they were like, we're never playing the song again. We will never play it live. We hate it. Guess what? Last two tours. Oh, wait. That's the song. Like, age and hindsight makes you realize, oh, yeah. that's what, the, that's what the, the special sauce was. So that's not to say that an interview today with David E. Kelly, he might be like, you know what? Looking back, I wish I had maybe written off I, some of these characters better. I'd and I love to hear from him about that yeah. transition yeah. today. I, I, you know, I would love to, I mean, obviously, I'd love to sit down with him and watch a couple of those episodes. Yeah, that's the see. podcast everybody wanted. We just couldn't give it to him. Yeah, nobody wanted it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. All right. Keith, well, shall we roll it? I, I think we should. I think we should roll it because we're going to continue this discussion next week with the season eight Oopsie Awards Spectacular And then later than that, we will have the series finale of the Out of Practice podcast. We have a ton of exciting, fun stuff coming up for that. Um, I hope that we I get it done by that time. Otherwise, we you know we might have a might might have a rest week before, but we'll find out. Yeah, we're we're gonna. Thanks for doing all that work. We appreciate it. This. you never, if Keith in that in in the Bonnie when he pitched the show to me knew what he'd have to do for the finale, oh my uh, god, he probably would have second guessed showing up. No, I would have been perfectly fine with it because I'm like, oh, that's like two years from now. I, I, sure, I'll do anything. It's, all, it's the only person that regrets it is Keith today who yeah. has to do all of the work. Hey, look, all, all I can right. say is the T-shirt still fits, baby. Yeah, Woo! yours does. 
<laughs> Thank you for listening to the Out of Practice Podcast. Uh, you can find us at the Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com and on social media, Out of Practice Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. While you're there, leave us a rating and review. Why not? We review the dead all the time on Apple Podcasts or any other podcasting service of your choice. Let us know. Hey, while you're there, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KNM. Get lots of fun stuff that Mike's going to tell you about. Yeah, you get special bonus episodes of Keith and I watching stuff. You get to watch me watch Deep Space Nine. You get to look at our faces during the Out of Practice podcast and its final few episodes. More importantly, you get to put your name on this beautiful brand and be a producer of the K&M Empire. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a pleasure doing all 100-plus episodes of the Out of Practice podcast, but we are not going anywhere. We've got shows on YouTube. Mike and Keith watch Deep Space Nine, look at my Star Trek toys, and other things in the works. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to our voice so much that you join us on our other ventures. They will keep coming. Are we done watching episodes of TV? Heck no. We've other things we're going to do. Most importantly, thanks for just being a part of our little family that we've created. And at the end of the day, we'll always have those laser sounds. Laser sounds, Jen. Laser sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>